Welcome to the NRF and EHL podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Erin. We're sisters who are going to be talking about all things life, fitness, health, and anything else random that we can squeeze into conversation. We hope you enjoy and please share if you do. Let's get started. Hello. Today we have decided to talk about kind of common myths that come up within people's health and fitness journeys. So the stuff that we have believed in the past, we've asked you as well on Instagram, sort of things that you thought in the past that you believe to be true that you now know aren't true, or things that you have heard kind of like differing opinions on. So stuff that has come up that you aren't sure about, like, is it true? Isn't it true? Is it important? Isn't it important? Because obviously we know that there is so much conflicted information on the internet on social media each coach has like a different take on things you will have been told different stuff in the past that you felt was really important and now you're trying to like unlearn that stuff and basically we just want to bust some of the bullshit for you so that you can realize that actually for the most part for like normal people general population it is very straightforward it doesn't need to be overcomplicated. It can be enjoyable and you don't need to be worrying and fretting about like some really tiny stuff that actually has zero impact at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like all of us at some point in our life have probably believed something that now we think that sounds a bit ridiculous, but at the time you like fully believe it it like obviously we've talked about this before but obviously now there's social media but it used to be on the front of like take a break and Mm -hmm. and all of those magazines like drink this green juice and drop 20 pounds you know not actually explaining yeah in a week not actually explaining the reason why if you drank that green juice you're in having less calories which therefore means you're going to lose weight um so and I think, also shit out everything that's inside you. Quite literally. Um, so I think that it's important to kind of be like, do you know what? We believe the bullshit too. Probably still be like, oh, I, feel like it does, I feel like it doesn't go away. Like I still sometimes think, oh, I wonder if I did that. Would that, what you know, would that work? Because they kind of like, they drill it into you so much that you yeah. think, oh, Oh, just give it a go again. And, yeah, that's and I think like- that the way that a lot of it has come to be believed as true is because there are elements of it that are true or elements of it that could be true. So then it like gets grabbed hold of headlines in the papers and new magazines and social media and stuff like that are taken from sometimes from like research and stuff, but they've just taken like, it's like clickbait. So mm-hmm. And then that gets like spread far and wide and we start believing that thing. And then it becomes really hard to undo that. So this isn't to say that anybody is stupid for believing any of these things that we talk about now, because we've definitely believed them in the past. You know, some of them might feel now that we know that they're not true to be quite like silly and stuff. But that doesn't mean that if you believe them now or you believe them in the past that you were silly, because we are all dragged into this stuff and we just want to help you like I said to see through it and mm-hmm. navigate it a bit easier and make your life easier for you know not believing all of this stuff 
So I think you should start with kind of the foodie kind of ones that we've been given and that like uh, we've discussed as well that we kind of thought and then we can kind of go into maybe fitness afterwards but if you start with the kind of nutrition-y side of things yeah there were a lot of food ones so what I'm going to do is kind of group them together because otherwise like a lot of the explanation as to why they're maybe not true is going to be sort of quite similar so I'm going to read a couple of them out and then explain why they why yeah. yeah because otherwise I will end up repeating myself and we know that at some point we're going to go off on a tangent so we're just trying to keep it as snappy as possible for you so mm-hmm. the, a couple of ones to do with sort of nutrition and or kind of losing weight and losing weight was a big one that came up so I'm going to read them out first and that is that fasting makes you lose weight green tea makes you lose weight protein makes you put on weight eating low calories is good for you um that you only need um sorry that you there's a confusion between whether or not you just need a calorie deficit or whether you need to have a big focus on macros to lose weight um that there is a correct diet for you and that eating past 8 p.m is bad so I'll go through each one, but just kind of sort of sitting under the same frame. So fasting makes you lose weight. Now, if you don't know, fasting is basically reducing the window in which you eat your food. So 16-8 is quite a common one. So that would mean that you fast for 16 hours of the day and you eat for eight hours of the day. So Basically, you would eat between 12 p.m. and 8 p.m. I just, I just, poor, I would just, <laughs> I would be so hungry. <laughs> so that's quite a common um, eating window, 12 till 8. You, it doesn't necessarily have to be like that, but that's quite a uh, common one, 16, 8. Um, and that there's something magical about eating between 12 and 8. And these people tend to not, they don't track their calories, they just fast and and the the fasting is supposedly the part that makes you lose the weight so eating within that window is somehow magical when in actual fact what that does is just reduces the amount of time that you eat so if you if you are someone who doesn't fast currently if you think about when you eat your meal so you might eat your breakfast at 8 a.m you might eat your lunch at 1 p.m you might eat your dinner at 7 p.m and then in between those meals you might have one snack for example so three Big, uh, sort of main meals a day and two snacks now if you then decided I want to lose weight I'm going to fast and you start eating at 12 o'clock you're going to lose your 8 a.m breakfast and your mid-morning snack and by doing that and then continuing to eat in the same way that you usually do lunch snack dinner you have reduced the amount of calories that you eat so you if haven't we, if we put this into practice all I was going to say is that we have um personally as coach and client we've used you know this for me not a set time for fasting or anything like that but because my days are quite long and so I was finding it difficult to stay within my calories that yeah. you set me we suggested the time of your breakfast he suggested that I didn't have my breakfast till 10 rather than at like five six o'clock in the morning yeah. so all we did was mean that then I was eating later. Looking so, for a second meal at 10 o'clock. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. yes, is it's practical if, yeah. but if you only if you understand the reason why it's practical. Absolutely. So there is nothing magical about it, but it is a tool within your toolbox that you might use if it works for you. Now, if you were somebody who needs breakfast, trains in the morning, can't train without the food, um, or if they don't eat, they ca- their brain doesn't switch on, you start work at nine o'clock and you're literally all fuzzy and you can't do anything, can't concentrate, thinking about how hungry you are, then this would not be an approach for you. But if you are somebody who isn't starving in the morning, maybe doesn't train until later in the day, or maybe you tend to be a bit of a night owl, so your night is, you know, kind of longer, or you... So I sometimes do this on the weekend. Um, I'm up a little bit later. I would rather have a slightly bigger meal in the evening. There's loads of reasons that you could do this, but all it does is reduces the amount of food that you're eating in the morning. And therefore that tends to have a knock-on effect to later in the day. However, for some people, and this is really important to remember, it wouldn't work because if you haven't eaten early in the day and that makes you starving, you might eat more within that later eating window. So it is so person dependent and it can work. It can be used as a tool. There's nothing wrong with doing it, but it's also not magical. And this is what we want to get across here is that a lot of these things have been pushed on you as something that is the answer to your fat loss problems. And actually it's not true, it literally, by reducing the amount of time within the day when you are eating. So rather than eating 7 a.m. until 9 p.m., you are eating 12 until eight, the likelihood is you are going to consume less food, therefore putting yourself into a calorie deficit. And that is how we lose body fat. So it might work for you, might be useful, not magical. Um, so moving on to green tea makes you lose weight. Now, I actually haven't heard this one personally. Um, however, what I have heard is that green tea is sort of better for you than having like a normal brew or it might be like a bit of a kind of cleansing sort of thing. I've sort of yeah, heard. That, that sure. Yeah, that for sure. Yeah. Green tea. Um I, I mean, I'm, kind of. I must say, yeah, like even my like my green tea that I have in my cupboard from Aldi says detox on the outside of it. Mm-hmm. And it's literally if you then put it next to like my Twinings green tea that I've got, it's got exactly the same stuff in it. It's no different at all. But because and you don't need a detox, your body is very, very good at that. It does it yeah. itself. Like, yeah, exactly. You don't need to flush anything through your body to detox it because your body has evolved to do that for you exactly but the problem is is well to be fair I didn't even realize that that was a detox one until I got home I just picked up the green box um yeah but it's a selling point as well isn't it like protein product on the outside of something is marketing yeah with three grams of protein and it's don't even get me started on that and charging three pound fifty extra for it (laughs) um but I I have heard this one um I but then I've heard it about mint tea, like any basically anything other than a cup of a normal English breakfast tea. Yeah, so it's it's just sort of demonizing other options, I think. And there isn't anything, there's no tea that's gonna make you lose weight unless you are in a calorie deficit. So if you like green tea, by all means go for it. You know, I know some people sort of like it at night time and things like that. 
If you feel that it helps with your digestion, absolutely fine. If you just like the taste of it, go for it. But also you don't need to stop drinking your normal cup of tea in the morning if you enjoy that. There's nothing wrong with having an English breakfast tea bag and a splash of milk. Like that's absolutely fine. And again, drinking green tea tea is not going to all of a sudden do something magical and make you drop loads of weight. If you are not in a calorie deficit, you will not lose weight. Um, Moving on protein makes you put on weight now i'm gonna pause here and explain how you lose weight or put on weight because i feel like this really answers a lot of the questions so if you have a fat loss goal you need to be in a calorie deficit you may now have heard that term thrown around a lot i feel like it is becoming much more there's a a lot more awareness around what you need to do, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to understand that because I feel like if you are somebody who does understand that, like me, it can be very easy to be like, oh, you just need a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. When actually, if you have no idea what calorie deficit is, you might think that I'm talking out of my ass. So what that basically means is you need to understand energy balance. And that basically means that the food that you put into your body, so your energy in versus the expenditure so your energy out and that's things like your steps exercise breathing digesting food all of those things if they are balanced then you are at maintenance so basically if you if you consume 2000 calories a day and you burn 2000 calories a day through all of the things that your body does to function through all of the exercise movement that you do through the talking through the fidgeting everything like that if that's also 2000 calories a day they almost like balance each other out and that's your maintenance so that would mean that if you stuck at those energy levels and that food in you would stay exactly where you are you wouldn't lose any weight you wouldn't gain any weight you'd stay roughly where you are because you are at maintenance if you want to lose body fat you need to put less food in than the energy that you are burning So there becomes this gap basically between those two things. And that means that your body has to start using your energy stores, your fat stores to give you energy. If you want to gain weight, then you need to do the opposite. You need to put more food in than the the energy that you are burning. And therefore the energy goes the other way and you start to build up those energy stores and therefore gain body weight. So that's basically how it works. So when we're talking about about a deficit, that's what we mean. We just mean less energy in than the energy that is coming out. So less food in than the energy that's going out. There's a couple of ways that you can control that through diet and exercise and steps, okay? So if we're talking about protein making you put on weight, protein doesn't make you put on weight on its own too many calories make you put on weight so in order to gain body fat you have to be consuming too much or not moving enough and therefore that is putting you into a surplus so protein is not bad for you protein is not the thing that's making you fat carbs aren't the thing that's making you fat too many calories make you fat and that's that might sound really harsh but it's true um the only reason we gain body fat is because we consume too much and that you know that is too many calories it's not too much of a certain macronutrient macronutrients are carbs proteins and fats it's too 
much of of any of those things combined together and that makes you gain body fat so it's your overall diet rather than one macronutrient in particular um Erin does that make does that make sense like if I yeah I, I think that the thing is is all of these products in shops and stuff are labeled um obviously you might you'll probably get onto this I think it was on our list about um that carbs being demonized a little bit mm-hmm. um but protein is it a lot of it, I think that it's being kind of like eat protein do this do that and then because people don't uh, understand why mm-hmm. um or you know I now know from my own course and from having you as a coach that it helps to repair my muscles it keeps me fuller for longer um because it takes and it takes this right it takes longer um or it take use my body uses more energy to digest it so it's it's basically a good macronutrient to eat but if if people have only heard eat protein and then they're eating lots of protein protein is still going to be there's still calories in it yeah if you, if you eat too much of it mm-hmm. if you eat too much of it the same as if you ate too many kit kats it's gonna, you know, it's gonna make you put on weight just because it's a seen as a as a, a good macronutrient. Yeah. So I think, it, yeah, maybe it's you. Pro- you're probably onto something there. Is that people have seen I need to eat more protein, and so they've increased their protein intake, but they haven't maybe decreased anything else in their diet. So by increasing your protein intake on your current diet, yeah, you are therefore consuming excess calories yes and it's those excess calories that make you gain weight it's not the protein it's the fact that adding the additional protein into your diet is making you consume more so the the protein's got to be obviously balanced with the other stuff that you're eating as well yeah. and you know we we need a good split of protein carbs and fats they are all just as important as each other for different reasons so really really important but it's not protein that is making you gain weight it's excess calories it's excess energy in so what you need if if you want that to stop happening is a reduced number of calories or a higher level of expenditure um so the next one is after saying all of this is that eating low calories is good now i have obviously just said that if you want to lose weight you need lower calories however lower lower not low lower (laughs) lower calories lower being the key point part of that the 1200 calorie thing that uh, you know that we all have at one time or another assumed we need to stick to is i've literally no idea where it comes from for most i it's it i heard I heard that it is um, my fitness power is probably the most premium and free tool that you can use to track your calories on. And when you put into my fitness pal that you want to drop three pounds a week, blah, 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 blah. And you lie about how much you move because we all do that. And, you know, you, you put all of your information in the lowest legally that they can put you on is 1200 calories. Yeah. So I told you this. Oh, did you tell me this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so when you're, so I don't know if this is where it stems from. Yeah. However, you are right in what you're saying. You on my fitness pal, the, the most it will allow you to say 
that you want to lose a week is two pounds. Yeah. But if you want to lose two pounds a week, you need a deficit of 1000 calories per day. So you need this deficit that I've been speaking about. It needs to be a thousand calories a day. Now that's really hard to create for most people. And legally, because the lowest they are allowed to go is 1200 calories. That means that it puts everybody on 1200 calories because it can't go any lower than that. However, if it was to work it out at 1200 calories, at, sorry, if it was work, to work out your stats and give you a thousand calorie deficit, it would be lower than the 1200. They just can't go lower than that. So yeah, if you were to put it into that, it would probably tell you you need 1200 calories because everybody's going to say they want to lose two pound a week rather than one pound or half a pound because we all want results yesterday. So yeah, that that does that doesn't help at all. Definitely not. Um, but 1200 calories is around about the amount for a, a small child. Um, and most of us need a lot more than that. Now, if we are in a deficit, your calories might go quite low, but they, they shouldn't go so low that one, you can't stick to them. And two, you have no energy because what happens is if we aren't consuming enough, even if we can stick, stick to it, even if you are someone who is so determined to, to lose weight that you somehow manage to stick to a ridiculously low target, what will happen is that your body will start trying to conserve energy because through um our what's the word um evolution we we used to struggle to find food so we have evolved to try to preserve as much energy as possible if we think that we haven't got access to that food so basically if you are putting your body in this state where it feels like it's not bringing enough in it will start to slow down everything that your body does that isn't essential for life, which means that you would stop moving as much. So you would stop fidgeting. You might lose your period. You would stop blinking as much. You, your digestion would slow down. So it would, it would prioritize basically everything that keeps you alive and it would slow down all of the other functions in your body that aren't necessary for life. So it just basically goes into this mode where it's preservation of life and that's not starvation mode that's not a real thing people die of starvation which is awful so if that was a real thing that wouldn't be happening but what it does do is it tries to slow that process so when you aren't feeding it enough food it slows all of those things down which means that your output is much lower and if your output is much lower even though the amount of calories that you are putting into your body is really low the deficit gets smaller so you might still have one, but you aren't going to lose as much body fat as if you fed yourself well and you had really, you know, you had a lot of energy to get your steps done, to go about your day, to really smash your workouts, to actually function optimally within your body. You can eat more and still have an equal, if not better deficit because you are able to do more and your your body doesn't go into that mode where it is trying to save you by slowing everything down so yes you need lower calories potentially if you want to lose body fat but we also look at output so we look at increasing step counts maybe doing an extra workout walking you know rather than driving all of those kind of things and when we're saying lower we're not meaning like so low that you can't function and 
we would, you know, if I say, for example, if I took you on as a coaching client, I would work this out based on a sum, based on your lifestyle factors, based on your energy expenditure, the things that you currently do, the things that I'm going to ask you to do. And then we would get a starting point. And that isn't hard and fast. Like that is, this is a starting point and we're going to monitor it and we might have to make changes. But it's, you know, everybody's different and there is no set goal. And just as a sort of side note, just because your friend is doing X and getting X results doesn't mean that's going to work for you. You are two entirely different people in different worlds. That's what I was going to say is um, everyone has a completely different, you know, um, um, meta- metabolic rate. I'm saying the right thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone um, everyone has a completely different metabolic rate anyway. So different heights, shapes, shape. sizes. Yeah, exactly. So energies, expenditure, like everything. I feel like it is really important to highlight the fact that the move more, I'm using my, you know, my bunny ears with my inverted commas, the move <laughs> more, eat less that's been thrown around for years. However much you don't mean eat less as in eat so little that you can't function, but that is exactly what it is. Move more, put your expenditure up and eat less than what you're burning. So, yeah, do you know, exactly. that, that's really is, yeah. that's, that's, how, that's the simple, simple. And when we say eat less, we mean less calories. We don't mean necessarily less food. You can be very, very smart with your food intake. So you actually eat more seemingly on your plate, you know, if you're choosing really nutrient dense foods and being really smart with your volume and all of those things. But yes, you need, in order to create a deficit, you need less calories, more movement, but yeah. not so low that you can't do anything. Makes sense? Yes, 100%. It's a minefield. So anyone listening, it is an absolute minefield. And I mean, we did the diet culture and things a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. And we have been fed so much bullshit for such a long time. But once you begin to get your head around genuinely the simple science that it is a calorie deficit and it is that you are just burning more than what you're consuming it's it is it is quite simple but I can completely appreciate um I'm a trained personal I'm a personal trainer I had nutrition in my course but it literally is a chapter it touches on it and it moves on Mm -hmm. um it's hard work it hurts your brain it it's confusing but once you can begin to listen to the right people the right educational people it can really really help your understanding of what you are doing with your body and the more understanding you've got and the less frustration you've got the more likely you are to to be in control and to look after it better um these headlines and these clickbait things make you think that the simple things are wrong and you yeah. need to do we these- don't want to do the simple stuff we want to do the the fast stuff yeah you need to do these things that are hard work that you know a fast acting and a hard work whereas actually the long and short of it is it just takes a fuckload of time <laughs> um patience and you know learn it and learning yeah um but the, yeah that's kind of like you are absolutely right for 99% of us it is so so simple and there are going to be um people outside of that you know certain certain um illnesses and conditions and things like that change certain things but the basis of it is is that that it's calories in versus calories out 
if we are looking at needing a calorie deficit, obviously, which we've just said that you absolutely do need, one of the things that was that came up is, does there need to be a big focus on macros to lose weight? Now, you will probably hear differing opinions on this. However, majority of the research says that if calories and protein are equal, whether you have a high carb or a high fat diet, the fat loss will be pretty much exactly the same. So my focus with my clients is on calories as the number one most important. And secondary to that is your protein goal. And then I don't set my clients a fat or carb goal for fat loss because it isn't necessary and it just makes things too complicated. It gives you another thing to, to think about when most of us didn't even, don't even know what a macro is. So you come into it and you start looking at, okay, well, I need to hit this target and that target and this target. And that's really way too complicated and wow, I can't do it. So I'm not going to do any of it. I'll eat a cake anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's not beneficial. So for me, it's calories number one, protein number two, because we do need that if we want to build and repair muscle cells, lots of different function, important functions, keeps you fuller for longer. Erin is right in saying that it is slightly harder for us to digest. So we do burn slightly more calories getting rid of it. It's not anything to really write home about, but it's, you know, is there. Are you proud of me that I listen to you? Quite, I, I do really <laughs> listen to you though. Like you're proud. saying all this stuff today and I'm like, I knew that, I knew that. <laughs> Sometimes I trip over my words with it all a little bit, but honestly, this is if, the, if you take one thing from today, it's to go and listen to people who actually understand what they're talking about with anything in the entire yeah. world. Yeah. Anything you're interested in or anything you want to learn about, just listen, podcasts, books, Instagram lives, whatever it is, just listen to people because and you, then, learn, you yeah. learn so much without you even realizing that you're learning. And then and then go and talk to somebody else about it because that's how you actually take it on board. The mm-hmm. more you talk about it, the more confident you'll get. Yeah. Um, so yeah, carbs and fats are incredibly important, but if we're looking at it from purely a fat loss perspective, so you want to lose weight, then it doesn't matter which one is higher. So for my clients... I allow them to be flexible with that on a daily basis. As long as they hit their calorie goal and are within 10 grams of the protein goal that I set them, then the fats and carbs can kind of go up and fluctuate day to day, dependent on food choices, preference, all things like that, because it isn't going to make a difference to the overall fat loss goal. If you start looking at things like performance and building muscle, then it starts to get a little bit more may be important but I think that if you are somebody who is what we would sort of class as general population you're not an athlete you don't compete in some sort of sport you're not looking for the kind of one percent improvements what you need to do is just be consistent and keep it simple and do those consistent simple things really really well so just stop trying to overcomplicate it hitting a carbohydrate target rather than having too much fat intake isn't the thing that you need to concentrate on if you can't hit your calories. Like concentrate on the stuff that is important, that's fundamental. And if you were to look at it as like a hierarchy, it's much further down than the things that you need to prioritize. Um, And then what else have we got? That there is a correct diet for you. So we've all been there that, well, Slimming World, (laughs) I literally... I literally told her before we started, like before we started recording this, said, Nicole, whatever you do, 
don't mention Slimming World because she starts and, you know, <laughs> she has not... I'm not going to go in. I'm not, I'm not. ...with anyone who does Slimming World. This is not her beef. Her beef is the... Um, the way that Simon World runs their business, this is this is the issue. The way yeah, so I'm not. I wasn't actually even going to go in on Simon World then. I just used it as an example, and as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, I got told not to talk about that. Um, but what I was going to say was, we've all been there and done say, for example, Slimming World, and then we've been like, well, Slimming World doesn't doesn't work for me, so instead I'm going to try keto. Oh wait a minute, keto doesn't work for me. So I tried fasting, and fasting is definitely the thing that works for me. No, what happened was you couldn't stick to Slimming World or they gave you the wrong t- a- amount of points. And then you... <laughs> Aaron's laughing at me. And then... <laughs> and then Actually, sins, keto. Nicole. It's sins. I'll have oh, you... right, sorry. Sins. Is it Weight Watchers at points? Anyway. Um, and then you try keto and it turns out you can't go low carb because you love bread. So you didn't stick to it. And then you tried fasting and it put you into that smaller eating window. You don't actually like breakfast hallelujah we've got a calorie deficit so you lost weight so it is just to say that there is no magical diet any diet you have ever ever done that has worked for you put you in a calorie deficit doesn't matter what the setup of that diet was and it's absolutely fine to follow one of those diets as long as it is safe and ethical and doesn't make you shit yourself that's what I was going to say. Yes, there is a there is a diet for everyone or yeah. a way a lifestyle way, way yeah. of eating. Yeah, a way of doing it. That's fine. There's, there's a way of doing it, but the actual the actual weight loss side of it yeah, is only happening the same. Is only happening because you're in a calorie deficit. So if yeah. you find it easier to go to Slim and World, weigh in every week, count yeah. your sins, whatever, but that means that you're losing weight and you're happier. Do it, do that. But equally, if calorie counting or keto or whatever the hell else there is out there, because there's so many of them, then do those. But it's not the name or the way that they're telling you to do it. It is the amount of food that you are consuming. Yeah. So it's all that's doing is giving you some rules and some guidelines around what you're putting into your body. And that's absolutely fine as long as it works for you. And it does make you, you know, it gets you the results that you want and it feels sustainable. It feels that you can do it consistently. That is great. There is nothing wrong with that. And I would never have anything bad to say about that if that is working for you. My issue is that most of them don't explain why that works. Yeah, 100%. So you just need to know that if it is working for you, it's because it's putting you in a calorie deficit. If the way you're doing it is working, keep going because that's great. You know, if you're reaching your goals, and it's putting you in a, a happier position, then fab. But just know that the reason it works is because of the calorie deficit, not because of something that is tied to a specific name. Okay, do we have fitness myths? Yeah, I've got one more diet one though. Am I allowed to do it? You yeah, you can do it. What one is it? <laughs> it's eating past 8 p.m. You give me Oh, do you know what? That is bull that right. So I always this is actually mine. So I gave this one. All right, okay. Um because I genuinely thought if I ate like and how would it like it is, it's laughable because at five to eight I could eat me tea, but at five past eight, that no more for tonight, you can't have anything else. Like, yeah. and that is again clickbait social media magazines saying that if you eat past 8 p.m it makes you put on weight it's not that at all 
It's just that you're prolonging your window of food. So then you might eat a bit more and then you might go over your intended calories for the day if you're tracking calories or however else you're doing it. And a lot of it comes down to um, what a lot of us tend to do in the evenings as well. So a, a lot of it kind of stems from most of us would if we if you kind of have a quote unquote normal job say you finish at five o'clock you're home you've been to the gym you're home by seven you eat your tea you then sit in front of the telly watching whatever shit is on that night it's very habitual to get a snack get a dessert whatever it might be so if you carry on into the evening you can create these habits where you eat more you're more likely to snack you might get a bit of a sweet tooth in the evening so it's not that eating past eight o'clock is bad it's just that some of us create these habits where that's where the kind of snack monster creeps in so if you were to then remove that and you don't eat past 8 p.m you'd have your tea and you'd stop so much of it is down to habit and so much of it is stemmed from the things that we tend to do as a population that aren't necessarily particularly good for us and then we wonder why we're gaining weight, for example, because you think, well, I for breakfast, I had a poached egg on toast. For lunch, I had a tuna jacket potato. For dinner, I had a chili. What's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. The bag of Harry, but at five past eight, though, yeah. that got you. And the share bar of dairy milk. Totally forgot about those things. And if you create those habits, you do them every night or you do them sort of semi-regularly, then obviously you are going to gain body fat. You are going to be consuming too much and they are really hard habits to break. So a lot of that evening kind of eating thing, I think, comes from that. Mm-hmm. And by telling people to stop eating past 8 p.m., you stop them from snacking. And then you, you know, you eat your tea and you stop, and that's great. So um, and then the only other ones that we had to do with food were on carbs. So we had that carbs are bad to avoid them, but obviously I've sort of covered that in terms of um the macronutrients. And the only other thing I wanted to say on that was I think that the the carbohydrate thing, a lot of that comes from being linked to scale weight. So basically when you eat carbs, they are stored within the muscle as glycogen and they're stored for every one part glycogen, three parts water. So if you have one gram of glycogen stored in your muscles from the carbohydrate that you ate you have three grams of water so that's four grams altogether so if you eat carbohydrates and they're stored in your muscles you're also taking in water weight so if you were to eat a really really heavy carby meal and that's all stored within your body and then you step on the scales the next day the scales are obviously going to come up but they're not going to have increased because you've gained body fat due to the carbohydrates. They're going to increase because you've gained water weight due to the carbohydrates. In the same way that if you go on a crash diet tomorrow and you cut out all of your carbs, you will step on the scales a week from today and you will be much lighter than you are now because you have lost all of that water weight because you aren't storing the water that you would be if you were eating carbs. And then you introduce those carbs back in because nobody can live without bread and you regain all of that water weight. And then you wonder what you've done wrong. You associate all of that weight gain and weight loss with carbohydrates, you demonize them. Therefore, bread is bad. Bread is not bad. You are just ga- you are just holding water as you should. It's a normal function within your body because of where the carbohydrate- carbohydrates are stored. So carbs are not bad. 
they just make you hold a little bit of water within the muscles um and again too much of anything is is too much if you are trying to lose lose body fat and then you had one on sweet potato versus white potato and just tell yeah. us what you've said about it so what did i say what did i say oh my god my brain you can sweet. eat as much yeah you can eat as much sweet potato as you want but white potato will make you fat yeah okay. that is genuinely what one of my clients said to me yesterday when i was discussing i've been discussing this with them all day yesterday because it's just hilarious and crazy what we all have kind of thought over the like past few years but I know from tracking that my um that my fitness pal I don't know that my fitness pal that sweet potato is actually gram for gram More. higher in calories than what white potato is guys honestly this is like I'm like double checking with my teacher that I'm saying the right thing all the time because I'm like it is this and Nicole's like nodding in the background like yes you're getting this right well done good job um, <laughs> so sweet potato is actually heavier in calories than very marginally than what white potato is however sweet potato has better nutrient density yeah, I think it's got more fiber in it. More fiber, which, you know, fiber is good for... If you like white potato, eat white potato, basically. It's very marginal in terms of the calories, but you are right in saying that sweet potato does have a little bit more gram for gram. Um, but yeah, it's another one of those things that... You, you know, if you, went, if you go out for a burger and you think, I'm going to switch my chips to sweet potato because that is the answer to my dieting problems, don't do that unless you like them. Yeah, it's the, it's probably your dieting problems is probably like me and it's the 1200 calorie burger you're about to eat. <laughs> but also not to demonize burger. You can absolutely eat the burger. Oh my God, yeah. Well, Think your said. goals, guys. Think about your goals. Okay, so we're going to move on now. We've got a few fitness ones, haven't we? We have, yeah, because we've talked a lot about... Or we I've knew it was going to... Yeah, you have. We <laughs> knew it was going to be... Um, food heavy this kind of myth busting though because it is yeah of course people are confused rightly yeah. so it is yeah, confusing. Right. <laughs> um okay so i will read them all out and then if you want to start maybe people will be sick of the sound of my voice so we've got that it is all about cardio and that's all it says it's all about cardio okay um we've got hit hit is the only way to get fit um and that my favorite lifting weights will make you bulky okay so cardio it's all about cardio and hit is the only way to get fit the only way to increase your um fitness levels and you know your overall health and well-being is to do something consistently that you enjoy <laughs> um, basically yeah Otherwise, you're not going to do it. So that's the start of it, really. If you like cardio, then that is something that you should do. It can be an added tool for things that Nicole was talking about previously. So um, I will use myself as an example. I have cardio in my plans at the moment. Um, it adds to my calorie. It makes me in a slightly larger calorie deficit and therefore, you know, is helping me with my fat loss also have not had that in my plans for the entirety of the three years that I've been being coached by Nicole. It entirely depends on what my goals are at the present time as to whether I have cardio in my plans. Cardio also 
absolutely kills me off, but I feel fantastic after I've done half an hour of it. Um, hit exactly the same principle. If you like it, do it. However, it's not going to magically make you lose weight or make you fitter. Um, again, it's about consistency. You can't do one hit workout a week and think that that's going to make you fitter. Mm -hmm. um, in health and well-being, and like those lifestyle changes, our lifestyle changes, they have to be done. They have to be done consistently because otherwise, none of it makes any difference whatsoever. Yeah. Um, couch to 5k is something that a lot of kind of, um, I've done. And I know that a lot of Nicole's clients have done and, and they, those sorts of things where you're, you know, you're learning a new skill and you're doing something consistently, you are going to consistently get better every day that you do a new run, you add 30 seconds on or whatever it was, it was soul destroying. Don't get me wrong. I nearly, it was not okay. Mm -hmm. However, by the end of it, I ran 5K at the start of the 12 weeks or however long it is, I couldn't run for more than 30 seconds. So yes, my cardiovascular abilities improved. However, that was only because I consistently ran for 12 weeks. Yeah, and I think as a side note, it's really, really important to say that you should, everybody should work to improve their cardiovascular fitness because it is really important for our health, like in terms of your heart and your lungs and all of those things. Like cardio is really important for health and for fitness, um, but you will improve your cardiovascular health by going for a walk. Like if you are somebody who sits on the bottom all day, all of the time, doesn't hit, you know, more than sort of 3000 steps a day is very, very inactive. If you start going for a 20 minute walk every day, your cardiovascular fitness is going to improve. So when you're thinking about cardio, it doesn't necessarily mean you've got to go for a run or you've got to do a hit class or you've got to go to a boot camp. It might be for you as small as going for a walk, but for somebody else, it might be that they need to do one of those things. They need to start doing sprints, uh -huh. whatever it might be. And like Erin said, it can be used as a tool towards fat loss, but you absolutely can you lose body fat without doing cardio. So it's not the be all and end all is incredibly important. Um, and there's lots of different reasons that it's important and that it can be used. But like Erin said, if, you, if you're not doing it consistently, it won't make any difference. If you hate it, then the 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 type of cardio that you're doing is probably wrong like it's the same as anything there is no best cardio there is the cardio that works for you and your goals I so loved I hated sorry I hated running I hated couch to 5k it was terrible I didn't <laughs> like running I didn't like running I also did it with Bob and he much to my disgust is the one of the um, most unfittest well should be probably people I've ever met in my entire life however could literally just loop me the entire time just run around me and it was just terrible more for my pride than anything else but it was just terrible I do my own classes my three kind of hit style boot camp classes a week and I absolutely thrive off of it because they you know that's the type like of the team environment. Yeah. yeah the team environment you know the 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 the, the sort of exercises it is, but I enjoy that. So now that's a consistent thing that I do every week, whereas yeah. I don't run anymore. Yeah. So I think the main message to get apart across is that cardio is important. We should all aim to in increase our cardiovascular 
fitness, but that doesn't necessarily have to be done through running or HIIT training. Um, you know, you could go for a swim, whatever it might be. You will also improve your cardiovascular fitness through strength training um, to a degree as well. So, you know, and you definitely don't have to be doing it to lose weight or to lose body fat. So you yeah. can you can achieve that without cardio. So if you are thinking, I don't want to lose weight or I don't want to start exercising because I hate cardio, I can't do it, but I need to lose weight. Like, don't worry about that. You can't do it without yeah. And then finally, the last one was lifting weights will make you bulky. <laughs> right. This is literally because people see pictures it, online of lads and women, but like lads who are jacked, who are in a gym with a set of dumbbells or a barbell or whatever, and they are like, ginormous they've got massive pecs they've got massive biceps for starters they potentially are injecting themselves with steroids and secondly they are male so if you're female you are not going to look like <laughs> look like that um our bodies are made up completely differently um yeah so yeah and it's a it's a it's a just you, you can, a female can be incredibly muscly, but that would take an enormous amount of time for you to be that incredibly muscly, like, and a lot of dedication and hard work. Like yeah. I have tiny little, little biceps. I've been tr strength training for three years. Yeah, and I am not going to look at a set of dumbbells and wake up in the morning looking like Popeye. Ever, ever. It takes a really long time, but- it's really annoying. <laughs> Yeah, really annoying because that's what I was going to say. What I will let you know is once you start noticing those baby biceps, yeah, you want them to grow those teeny weeny quad muscles, and there might be a little bit of definition on your back. You want more, yeah, you want more. So mm -hmm. it is attractive and it is okay to for a female to have muscle mass and to be able to see that muscle mass. Yeah, so um, if anyone ever says that to you, like, oh, like. I don't think it's attractive when a woman's got like um, a muscly back. Tell them that they, you don't think they're attractive. Like it's <laughs> yeah. fine. Go like, uh, yeah, you, whatever you want to gain from that gym and that, like that, that weightlifting is what you want from it. So yeah, you're not going to um, puff out like Popeye overnight. Yeah. We it's don't have, we don't have as anywhere near as much testosterone. Um, so it's just, it, like Erin said incredibly difficult like some women who do want to build you know a really significant amount of muscle mass will will spend years executing their training to absolute perfection and their nutrition if mm. you're just dipping in and out of the gym making sure you eat enough protein going out on the weekend on the piss you are not going to do that like you don't need to worry you absolutely can make incredible progress but you are not going to wake up and all of a sudden think, oh my God, I went too far. Like that, that is just, it's such a slow, irritating process. Uh -huh. Like you are right now trying to build some muscle. You will know that it takes far, far longer than we want it to. It is much more of a kind of painstaking journey than losing body fat. Because if you lose body fat, particularly if you've got quite a lot of body fat to lose, if you are really dedicated, you can see some serious changes pretty quickly. Whereas if you are trying to build muscle mass, you've got to look at the long game. You've got to look at months and years, not weeks, because it's just not how it works. So 
please don't panic that you're all of a sudden going to build way too much muscle mass and you don't want to look bulky because that's just not going to happen and also if you are somebody who says I don't want to build muscle mass but I want to look toned what you need to know is looking toned is having some more muscle mass and having a little bit less body fat and that's going to give you that kind of like firmer fuller look that everybody wants but doesn't want to build muscle so that's literally what it is and that's you know it's absolutely fine to just be okay with like a little bit of that and you don't need to want to be a bit be a build uh, you don't need to want to be a bodybuilder to go in the gym and lift weights like you can literally just want to get a little bit stronger build a little bit of muscle look a little bit toned happy as larry three days a week full body workouts absolutely fine like that is okay but just don't be worried that you have to do cardio and you should stay away from the weight section because that is not where it's at no absolutely not (laughs) absolutely not or if you really want to mix it up you can start like doing you know strength and conditioning and then you're doing both at the same time and then that really gets you that really gets you um I just think it's really important to encourage whatever from somebody who four years ago would have not even wanted to do any exercise at all Uh I think it's really really important to encourage you to do whatever it is that makes you move more Um, because like Nicole has said for your health and your well-being and you know your mental health all of those things just doing getting those natural endorphins pumping through your body and making yourself feel better whether that is a walk through the park with your dog or throwing some dumbbells around a gym or sprinting on a treadmill whatever it is that is getting those those um hormones going through your body is positive Mm -hmm. Um, and regardless of what anyone says to you anyone their opinion doesn't matter if it's what you're enjoying doing if you like going to spin go to spin if you like you know whatever it is because it's very very important to do what you enjoy because then you will do it consistently yeah and it's also from that perspective exercise is not just about your physical health it's about your mental health as well so you need to do something that supports both and you know you might be somebody who just wants to move a little bit more and you're not bothered if you build any muscle you're not bothered if you lose any weight you know you just want you know it's good for you you know it's good for your health you know that it's recommended that we do you know exercise every week and that adults should move their bodies so you just want to go and do one swim do one spin class go to body pump go trampoline in whatever it might be that's fine keep doing that like don't stop those things because somebody else said that you should be exercising in this way like ignore them even if it's me like you know I will always advocate resistance training because there are so many benefits in terms of like your bone health everything like it is so so good for you but if you despise it I would never want you to stop doing what you're doing right now to switch it to something that you're going to hate because that's not going to be beneficial to your mental health so you need to make sure that you do like Erin said something that you love that you can do consistently and remember as well that if you've not found it yet there is something out there for everybody you know there is a way of moving your body that most people will enjoy you just gotta look for it I think we're done are we done yeah I think so I feel (laughs) like yeah you could go on all day there's so many isn't there there's so much bullshit around so just yeah wait through it wade through it and hopefully you've learned something wade through it and if not 
as you can tell for the last 55 minutes, Nicole's extremely knowledgeable on what is the bullshit. And her DMs are always open. Yeah, they really are. Like if I've said something and you're not sure what I meant or you think I'm wrong, I am always open to that as well. Um, hey, or, club. <laughs> or that you just want, you know, a little bit more knowledge around something, please feel free to message me. You know, whoever you are, you do not need to be a client. You don't need to want to work with me. You can ask me anything. Um, so yeah, please feel free to drop me a message or by all means, drop Erin a message and I'll send her the answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will learn, guys. I will learn. I just... God, you know, you're just, you just feel not confident about yeah. certain things. Yeah. And I, and I love that I just continuously learn from all the people around me. And I think that that's really important. So. Oh my God, yeah. Like, and the thing is as well, the, the a lot of stuff changes all the time with this as well. So I'm always learning. Like I literally, I haven't even scratched the surface. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've done one nutrition course. I've done my PT, which like Erin said, has got a little bit in it. I'm midway through another nutrition course and I've still only scratched the surface. Like there is so much to learn and so much that changes all of the time and research that comes out all of the time that changes these things that we believe and that you know we we start myth busting one thing and then they say oh no actually maybe there's an element of truth to that like it changes all the time and everyone is always learning and I think the number one most important thing we can be in any realm so not just your health and fitness but is the open to conversation and open to knowing when you were wrong and open to to mm -hmm. being okay with changing your opinion on something like just because you think it now doesn't mean in a year's time it won't be totally different and that's okay and owning up to knowing that you were wrong even if at the time you were right like that's okay so be open to asking questions hearing different opinions learning new answers and you will always continue getting better definitely yeah on that note, thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far through, you're an angel. And um, <laughs> if you like it, please share, um, comment. Um, is it subscribe? Yeah, I think so. Rate, like, rate, subscribe. Anything that you can do, do it. Do it. <laughs> um, let people know. Um, and we will be back soon with another episode Varen and Nicole chat about life for an hour. Yeah, it usually is an hour. I think we just need to reside to the fact that they're about an hour, guys. Yeah. We wanted it to be short and sweet. It's not. So We're not short and sweet. We're not, are we? Nope. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for listening. Please do let us know if you enjoyed this episode. We love it when you share it. We love feedback. Um, we really do take it all on board as well. So thank you so much. And we will speak to you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.